is my uncle. He choked me to death. Whenever anybody says they're a little concerned, they're very concerned. So what? What's wrong with being sexy? Hello and welcome to 20 and 21, the only show trying to find 20 greatest movies of the 21st century. We are broadcasting from 911 WDBX from beautiful downtown Carbondale, Illinois. We are recording in the ancestral lands of the Shawnee, Miami, Kickapoo, and Tamaroa. This is not offensive to anybody, but I have a, I have um, in my notes, I have... Um, I have circles. Making sure they, they know that they're not going to be offended. Yes, I have. I have <laughs> look, 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 we're having a good time here. Well, no, so I'm not asking you, I'm telling you. No, I was just, got, what I was going to say was in my notes here, I have circled things I might want to talk about. And I almost confused it for a uh, uh, ancestral tribal name uh, because I have Tiki Waititi's name written. <laughs> and it's so close, it's right next to uh, the name. So I almost read it. <laughs> As I was going through. <laughs> Luckily, I stopped myself. Uh, my name is Joseph e. Frisch. I'm a musician, writer, director. Hey, if you get this this week, like right on time, I'll be playing at Jack Russell's this uh, Friday night. Uh, Friday evening, probably like, I don't know, six to nine if I had to guess. Um, <clears throat> I really don't know. Uh, uh, the talented Pauline will be playing with me. Come out and see me this Friday evening. I'm only playing two shows uh, this week with me as usual is the good doctors Aduce. Um, we have uh, Doc Warridge and the shark Bradley. What's going on, guys? Doctor, doctor. <laughs> I had, well, uh, all right. Well, I just good wanted to, hear. to say that Amerigo Benarissa set in New York City criminal court number three and waited for justice, vengeance on the men who had so cruelly hurt his daughter, <laughs> who had tried to dishonor him. Even know the opening line of that book. <laughs> no, no, that's no. the Godfather, baby. Ah, I had no <laughs> idea. East, Eastwood, that's what I wanted to ask you about. I, I haven't seen the finale yet. I haven't either. The offer. I'm up to that. But I that, wonder but... what you thought about, have you seen the episode before? Yes, I've seen everything but the last episode. Okay, so here's what I was going to ask. Um, I So I read some stuff that said... Evans did hit a rough patch during the making of The Godfather due to the separation with What's-Her-Name. That's true. That's true, but it mostly but was after they, production. Yes, and so they took later problems he had yeah. and put it yeah. all into one big thing. Yeah. But they do show how he rebounds and saves the movie. So oh, I okay. was curious, what did, you, what did you think of that? You know what I mean? Like, he... He gets his shit back together, comes in, kind of puts his foot down. Yeah, I mean, and, the uh, scene... saves production. You know, I, I looked at it two ways. I uh, had two brains about it, honestly. First brain was, it didn't happen that way. He never left um, then. The, the whole thing about him getting fired, uh, that's, that's true, but that happened earlier. Um, and then uh, him coming back, my other brain was like, well, it made for a good story. Because you, right. you got to have him down and out, and then he comes back and he saves the movie. I wish they would have right. done the actual thing that happened, which is uh, they showed him the cut of the movie, and he and he told um, uh, uh, Francis uh, uh, he told he so he told Coppola that you shot a good movie. Where is it? This isn't this isn't 
uh, good. Oh, really? And he told him to go back and shoot more. And the and the Paramount was like, "What are you doing? You're not. You're spending more money." And he was like, "Yeah." Oh, the, wow. He said, and like, and Evan says, only a crazy blah 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 like me would tell a director to make his movie longer. But that's what I did because that's what the movie needed. So he told Coppola, "Go back and shoot more." Uh, shoot the things you wanted to shoot that got cut and then put those back in. It's going to save the movie. That would have been just oh, as wow. good a story as what they did. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely, because that's anti-Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, that's the anti-Hollywood mentality. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the way they port I doubt Coppola's watched it. Why would he? But the way he's portrayed, he's very just kind of milk toast, and he gets passionate when he has to about, you know, the scene, the movie, we have to have this, we have to have it ready, who actually wasn't ever on set and really didn't do that much for the movie. Um, <laughs> right. um, so yeah, I, I had two, two brains about it. one was, what about, do you know if it's true that they did a screening for the mobsters? Is that true? I've never been able to find out if that's true or not. I've heard that. You always hear that. I've heard that from mobsters. Okay. But so, not, I mean, but like, not saying... from anyone uh, in the production. So I don't know. Okay. Because, um, if, if that is true, what a great scene. That these people sure. all got it. You know what I mean? They got that this wasn't mm -hmm. uh, depicting them as mindless, heartless thugs. Yeah. That this was really a family story. Mm -hmm. Well, how, how about the fact that uh, it really wasn't Robert De Niro that killed Crazy Chogato? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was the guy that was in love with uh, Al Ruddy's secretary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I uh, um, yeah, I, I didn't know. I what to also, I yeah, I didn't know what to do with that. I also thought that it was interesting. Um, they they took something and twisted it. So, um, oh, who played Sonny? Uh, James Con. Mm -hmm. James Con and that guy, at, you know, had practiced that scene of the beating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they they wanted to push it a little bit. Yeah, and evidently. Khan lost lost his cool in the scene, in the not scene. as a payback, not as yeah, and really beat the living shit out of this guy. I mean, yeah. he really did beat the shit out of. Yeah, him. they literally um, just. I, I and once again, I understand from a writing perspective, you have that to work with. So why wouldn't you give it a little bit more meaning? Why wouldn't you tie it to he was a DIC to this lady, and now we're gonna pay him right. back? Uh, I get it. Uh, it's not what happened, <laughs> but I get why they wrote it. And uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I like I said, I still enjoy that show. I can I can put reality aside and just watch something for the most part. Uh, now, when when they would mess with my boy Evan, sometimes I'd be a little like, that's, uh, see, that's why I ask. Like some of the stuff, I get them taking poetic license with. I mean, sure. I do. I don't like it because I'm like you, and I think Shark has made this point a million times, way more succinct than I can. But often the actual story's crazy enough. Why do you need to spin it? Why do you need to yep. embellish? It's already good enough. <laughs> you know, well, so. uh, you got, you know, show writing's different than, than movies in the sense that you have to have something, you have to have multiple payoffs when the, within that hour right. from all those different storylines. And, um, you know, and also there's something called the editor's curse, and I think it applies to everyone, and that's writers as okay. well. And the editor's curse is something that happens in, in writing and in movies. The editor's curse is this. If you had, let's say you had an author who wrote the perfect book. Right. It was 
perfect from, from toes to nose, as I like to say. There's nothing that should be changed about it. It gets to the editor. The editor, to do their job, has come to believe that if he or she or they do not edit anything, they are not doing their job. So despite sure. the fact that that editor got a perfect novel, they're going to edit it because they think that's what they're supposed to do. Uh, the same thing applies right. across all boundaries, and that, and that goes to writers. Writers may have a perfect story. Why can't you just transcribe this story as is, make up the dialogue, that's the funnest part of writing anyway, um, and have, tell that story? Because I'm not a writer if I do that. A writer needs to create his or her or their own world. A writer has to make everything uh, from the beginning to end that must come from their brain and be inspired by those things. But if I don't change it, I'm not really writing. I'm just a uh, copy and paste guy. I, and I honestly think that's a lot of it. I think when uh, a writer looks at a story, their brain starts instantly making connections that aren't there. That's a very human thing to do anyway. That's why we have idiots that believe bullshit like the Kennedys are still alive and running the country right. um, because <laughs> yeah. you, it's really easy to make connections that aren't there if you want to believe something as they say uh, give a man I thought you were going big with that one I thought you were going to be like Christianity <laughs> low hanging fruit <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm always kicking <laughs> that, that low hanging fruit but it's the old <laughs> adage give a man a hammer give a soldier a gun everything starts to look like an enemy give a man a hammer everything mm -hmm. starts to look like a nail it's, it's really yeah, right. just that curse of human um, writing I think that, that causes that because um, Shark was telling me a story that he, he thought could be told and of course there was a lot to it but there was one little simple element that I saw that I was like oh the whole movie's that and you know and Shark, of course, I love you. You kept going and telling me all the details of all the other things. But I, in my head, I was like, no, no, none of that matters. It's just that first two, like, three sentences that you sent me. That's the entire movie. You flush that out oh, nice. and you have a movie. Um, right. Right. Um, well, and by the way, I was just going to tell you guys, I, I forgot that I've been following this website that fact checks every episode of the show. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, it's really fun. I need to send it to you, Eastwood. It, it, they break down everyone. So here's a couple things real quick. They said that um, uh, Evans did have a drug problem stemming from a bad back during The Godfather. Yes. However, he never went AWOL. He actually, it says in here, sometimes was working on the godfather while he was on a gurney because he couldn't mm -hmm. stand up so he never left it he was there and what you said is yes he wanted the movie to be as long as it needed now the question i asked was there a special screening of the godfather for the mob vanity What's... fair yes oh it absolutely happened and it happened because they knew paramount knew they had to let the mobster see it but they did not want them at the red carpet so they ah, yes, gave yes. them their Makes own sense. private one to see it. And it says here that the, um, the, uh, the screening was such a success and the mobsters love the movie that they ended up tipping the projectionist $1,000. The mobsters <laughs> did. They all just kept walking up and giving them money. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so that happened. That really so here's the thing. I heard that from, you know, the guy that plays, I can't think of his name. He plays the, not the main bad guy in Superman 2, but Superman 2's main bad guy's henchman. Does that ring a bell at all? The real giant. The, the real tall dude. Big, yes. tall, intimidating yeah. guy. Non. He, I think his name's Non. non I think that's right. Like yeah. That. He's yeah. not the hot chick. He's not the leader. 
He's, no. He's a tough guy. And um, he can't speak. He's I'm, just a beast. Yep, I'm sorry I called her a hot chick, but she, <laughs> she is. I don't care. Hashtag, uh, oh boy, it's trending. <laughs> it already started trending. Holy shit. Cancel Eastwood. Okay. Anyway, it's that guy. Since we've seen that. <laughs> <laughs> that guy is the son of the man who The Godfather is based on. And he, okay. he was on Gilbert Godfrey's show. Um, and he told the story. He's also been on How This Get Made, I believe. And he told the story about that. Now, of course, he had all kind of problems with The Godfather. Sure. Uh, and you know why he had problems with it? No. <laughs> Not accurate. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say like something specific. Like he didn't like someone cast or something. No, like that. he literally yeah. didn't yeah. like it because it wasn't a horse head. It was a horse balls. Like that guy had. Oh, see, okay. I, I I heard him quoted as saying, "I don't like when people make shit up." <laughs> <laughs> I think I've heard that. It's a very famous yes. quote. I've heard that a lot. It seems like once a week for the last four years. <laughs> see how bad. See how bad it feels when it's important it's to you. It's true though. Shark said the line. <laughs> <laughs> then she looked at me, turned her eyes and then said, "I'm sorry." Um, no shark. I said not the Chinese chicken. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, I get sorry. it. Like I get it now. I, to- I totally do. I'm like, oh, that didn't happen that way. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm when so it's with that. I, like, when it's I, a subject, I don't think I had as big a problem. And as, as seriously as the three of us have started like delving into more of this stuff, I'm finding out it bothers me more than I thought when they <clears> change <throat> stuff because it's like there's no need. This stuff no. is fascinating enough. And, and, and the and the fact that it's Hollywood uh, and Hollywood making something about Hollywood. You, you would yeah. almost think that like they would want to be true to uh, what happened. But anyway, yeah, that guy claimed that that was a stud horse. It wasn't a horse head. And they cut off the, uh, the horse's genitalia and put it in his bed. Like, he's no yeah. longer prized stud. So, like, those right. were his complaints. His complaints were all like, ah, I didn't actually kill him in the thing. And <laughs> right. No, that, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Which makes, which Did is I... laughable to me. Because, like, you know, like, that's what his problem was, was our problem. Did, did I thing. tell you guys, I can't remember if I was telling you or someone else. Um, on TikTok, I follow this guy who was in the mob and is out now. And he, mm-hmm. he tells us the accuracy of films. He doesn't give away secrets. Mm-hmm. But he watches I know films you're or about. TV shows. Okay, so I saw one the other day that I thought was fantastic because he said that he doesn't know how, why, or where, but the most accurate portrayal of any mobster ever is all tied to Joe Pesci. Okay. And he's like, Pesci has the most accurate. And he cites the scene in um, Casino as the example. Ah, my favorite. He's talking to the banker. He goes, let me tell you a little bit about my business. So tomorrow, (laughs) I'm going to come down to the bank, and if you don't have my money, I'm going to take a fucking ball bat and bust your head open. You know that whole thing? And he says, that's really how they were. He goes, or the um, what's so funny about me? He's like, dude, that scene is so real. He's like, because if you're really watching that movie, you have to know that for the first part of it, Pesci's not joking. He is pissed off. And he is considering... Fucking his friend up. <laughs> yeah. But he finally cools off over the course of it. And he said that explosive, I can take this from zero to 150 miles an hour in a split second, is the most accurate portrayal of mob culture. And he said Pesci always nails it. He's like, anytime huh. he's in the scene, I'm like, that's what it's like being with mobsters. See, that's surprising to me because I was sure you're going to say Quirky Romano. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Quirky Romano's right there. Right there. 
But, you know, <laughs> Pesci's ah. tough to beat. <laughs> yes, I thought you sure you were going to say uh, St- Sylvester Stallone and, and Oscar. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that was third. It's interesting. That's what the guy said. He goes, Pesci, Corky Romano, Oscar. <laughs> I, knew, I knew they had to be and on the rush Johnny board. Dangerously. Oh, <laughs> Johnny. Right, right. Johnny. God, I love that movie. I don't oh, care what anyone says. It's uh, one of my same. favorite movies ever. Same. Once. <laughs> yeah, once. Oh, <laughs> Joe Piscopo before he became a douchebag. <laughs> right? Oh, oh, he man. probably was one. It was still it was oh, just yeah. a funny movie. Yeah. yeah. No, so anyway, so that's what I wanted to ask because I know you and I have been really tied to the show a lot. And yes, as soon as, uh, as, soon as whole, it's over, the, I'm, the whole Evans thing I was like, okay, what's Eastwood thinking about this? Yes, uh, I, like I said, I still enjoy the show even though I see all of the uh, the inaccuracies in it, uh, and I'm gonna probably enjoy that finale. I hope. Um, I don't know. I I honestly wish they would just give the guy that plays Evans his own show. <laughs> I would be totally oh happy God, with I that. I agree. No, no, no. Uh, I've thought about that over and over. I wish they would do a spinoff on this guy's yeah, career. Because Robert because Evans. Sitting so there he, watching him tell these people, these business people, which also um, Colin Hanks is um, a combination of like five different mm-hmm, characters. Mm-hmm. But when he, like, it's great for us to have the dramatic irony of knowing Chinatown is going to be one of the greatest films ever made. Yeah. And they like, don't want to make it. They don't want to make it. It's about water rights. Yeah, it's about water rights. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I don't care if Jack Nicholson's in it or not. Yeah, you know who cares? I mean? Nobody cares about water. <laughs> they don't want to make The Godfather. It turns out to be maybe the greatest film ever made. Like, I, I love think Kevin Costner proved but here's that the, right. <laughs> here's the fun thing, though. This is just the beginning for Evans. Like, he bombs out. Like, right. he has such a ride. Like, when he gets busted with cocaine in the 80s and he has to make all these, like, he gets a bunch of, like, we are the world type of stuff together. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> gets... Does he have to do the PSAs? Yes, <laughs> yes. I, dude, please, if you ever can, just rent The Kid Stays in the Picture. You can find it somewhere, probably for a dollar. Uh, on iTunes yeah. or something. It's such a great movie. <coughs> I own it, of course, because I'm a, a media uh, man. I like to have it in my hand. But uh, it's so entertaining. He narrates the entire movie. But what I'm saying oh, I'm is... I'm looking at it right now. Or, or I'm looking at the stuff, you know, because Robert uh-huh. Evans, Ali McGraw, Coppola, Polanski, Eddie Albert, Mia mm-hmm. Farrow, they're all in it. Yeah, he narrates the wow. entire thing. And what's great about why I say they should make another, just take the Evans character... Um, he's documented his whole life. Like it's all out there. It's the stories are all right. there, and they're great stories. He's, he made so many movies. Like in the the ones that bombed, I think would be just as entertaining <laughs> to see those being right. made as The right. Godfather. But I, 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 you know, I think, and I will say this to uh, people wanting to make film: uh, watch as many bad movies as you can, as many just as many as good movies. The bad movies will teach you actually more than the good movies. They'll teach you what not to do. <laughs> and and I, I love bad movies. Like I watch probably more bad movies than I do good movies. I like to laugh at them. <laughs> I do think you know what's interesting? Highly entertaining. What's that? Eastwood, this movie gets a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's been out oh. since 2002. Got 113 critical reviews and stays in the 90s. That's impressive on its own. Yeah, I'm One telling guy you, man. Says, the one guy who the first top critic says, basically, I mean, I'm paraphrasing real quick. It's fantastic, but it's completely biased. 
Oh, so sure. I don't know what that means. Well, but what is it biased? It's Evans, you know, it's his autobiography. Like, it's his side of the story. He's going to so, tell it the way he sees it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So, so this guy's hot take is that somebody's autobiography is not objective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, Bob, whoever scores the most points in this game is going to win. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Whoa. That's a hot take, Shark. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, but I do suggest watching The Offer. If if you love The Godfather like we love The Godfather, you got to watch that. I want to see them make part three. That's what I want to see. <laughs> I want to see, <laughs> I wanna see the downfall. I want to see, see the three. the shit show that became that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll see uh, the whole thing. No! Like the... Antabella, you deceitful old fuck! I want to see that. And, oh, man. That's and if we didn't have that movie, we wouldn't have Silvio Dante's ongoing impersonation no. of, of Al Pacino, <laughs> which, of course, that's my uncle, the fat kid. He ends up killing me years later. Oh, oh callback. <laughs> Sorry. I oh, no. do a callback all the way around there. <laughs> so, no, I, I've been telling everybody I know that if you love The Godfather... It's a great watch. It's sure. just fun you, seeing these things they do. And um, and I can't believe I'm saying this because I fell off the wagon for a while, but Miles Teller's great in it. Like He's this kid, wonderful. when I first saw him in the first couple movies, yeah. I was like, man, this kid is amazing. You know, he was in, everybody knows Whiplash. Sure. But he did one, it's like the the Eternal Now or something. I don't know, it's mm-hmm. a love story. He's, yeah, yeah. he's a drug addict, whatever. What, yeah. It's great. He's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't know what happened. Something I happened. Saw him stuff, and I'm like, yeah, I don't like this. He was great in Maverick, um, and he's killing this show. And I've seen a couple more movies. Is he in? Uh, well, he out. must have been young to be in Maverick. Him and James Garner, Mel Gibson. Did they? What was he yeah, playing? Exactly. What was he playing? That well, he plays. He plays. Um, <laughs> he plays a boy in the bar walking through as Mel Gibson's pulling aces out of his sleeve. Ah, uh, aces, face. <laughs> the aces, face. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way I like it, baby. I'm the no, Emma. Don't forget the Joker. The Joker. <laughs> Call back to a show or two ago. Ah, right? yes. July, still July's favorite song. Pretty proud. All right. <laughs> we told they had to do this thing for his graduation. But yeah, favorite song, The Ace of Space. Other kids' songs are like, The Spider-Man song. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like uh, Coco Melon something, rather. It's like, uh, Baby Shark. <laughs> yeah, it's just, The Ace of Spades by Motorhead. <laughs> that is awesome. That is so awesome. Um, yeah. We are, man, it's flying by, I think. My timer broke. Who cares? We'll cut it off for the radio, podcast, whatever. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, The Boys, but it's not over. Homelander just keeps okay, getting more Homelander. Okay, I have seen the newest episode that came out Friday, so no, okay. no, no spoilers. I'll, I'll let that go that then. Um, I was going to talk a little bit about Tiki Waititi uh, is apparently getting a Star Wars movie, the only Star Wars movie that's getting made. I don't know why we need I that. I saw this. I don't know why they're just following Marvel's coattails. I like Tiki. Though don't get me wrong, I love his show. Yeah, uh, um, I loved Is his he the Hitler, one that did jo- Hitler movie, Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, I loved his Hitler movie, Jojo oh, I love Rabbit that movie. I um, love that movie. I love okay. Thor Ragnarok. It's probably my favorite Marvel movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like he's great, but it kind of upsets me. They fired <laughs> Miller and Lord uh, off Solo because quote unquote. It was too funny, and Star Wars isn't funny. 
And now what are they doing? They're high in, hiring Tiku Waititi. What's his whole thing? He makes action movies it, funny. Yeah. And I, it Shark. kind of burns me that they fired. I want to see the Miller and Lord cut of Solo. I have a feeling it's much better than the Ron Howard ending version. But, I mean, and I like, I like Solo. You and I both think that Solo was fun. I like Solo. I'm just saying okay. I bet Miller and Lord's version was much more fun. Right. Because they reshot... Uh, so there's a union. Like, there's a union rule that if you're a director and you you take over a movie, I think you have to shoot 80 percent in order to get. I think it's 80 or 70 percent to have your name as director. You have to shoot oh, that shoot. much of the movie. So that means the final cut that will show. Yes, you. you oh my God! So you really have to change the movie. You completely. really have to change the movie to get your name into that director's slot. Uh, otherwise, oh, it will wow. have both both of you or just that. one or the other. So if a director takes over a movie, they're going to have to reshoot scenes whether they want to or not. They could have it all in the can, and they're going to be like, "Well, right. hey, my name's on here." Um, so I would love to see the Miller and Lord what they did. I have a feeling it's much yeah. more fun. We'll never see it because they won't release the original freaking Star Wars. Why would they release something that might be fun? Right. Um, I'm not right. caught up with Obi Wan. Um, I was going to talk a little bit I about. I caught up with it, and holy shit! They, oh yeah. They just keep taking. They just keep taking Vader to new places that I am loving. Okay, like, great. I'm loving. Like, I don't want to say anything else, but Vader is becoming the cool, the coolest. We always loved him as the coolest bad guy. Now we're really seeing this son of a bitch was a badass more than we ever got to see. Oh, I like anything this. else. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to try yeah, to catch yeah, up yeah. with it. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about The Flash, who is in trouble again. But oh, I, man, man, I just read all this. Ugh. This just gets weirder every yeah. week. I don't know if we have time for it. Maybe we should get into it some other time because it it's weird. It's, yeah. it, it's, it's a lot happening. Um, oh, wanted... and did you, hear, did you hear that they're supposedly going to, at the end of the next Aquaman... Uh huh. They are going to use some kill Amber Heard tied oh. to him to get rid of Amber Heard and yeah. to get rid of Ezra Miller. Ah, uh, well, I mean, That's they, have, the they had to do something, I suppose. Well, you know, because because Flash can go through multiverses because he's too fast. Well, I heard and that in the uh, it's going to open this and change it. That's uh, the rumor. Along the same lines, I heard a rumor that in the uh, next Pirates of the Caribbean, they're going to do a multi-universe thing to get rid of Jack Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think he's the media darling again. Mar Margot Robbie. Do you guys not think that's kind of horrible that that people embrace Johnny Depp so much through this thing? Like, I'm not. Like, some of her stuff seemed like maybe she was a little um, off kilter. But so did his, and like people were just like, "Oh, she's crazy. Let's just make fun of her." Um, I don't know. I didn't, yeah. I tried not to pay attention to it because I was. It was always being my news feed, and I'd be like, "I don't." It was everywhere. It was. Everywhere. Why are you showing me this? Like, I don't. I don't care. <laughs> I used yeah. to be kind of interested in Johnny Depp back when he would make interesting movies about twenty some years ago. He hasn't made yeah. interesting movies in forever. Um, all he seems to do is spend money and drink wine and look weird and try to act like a rock star that he's not. Coke. The trial let us know he does lots of coke. Yeah, he's a, he's just a druggie. Like he wants to be Hunter S. Thompson, but he can't actually yeah. produce anything. Right. So, um, uh, uh, let's see here. Hey, Shark, you got a uh, we got about twenty minutes left. What do you think? Should we do a philosophy or should we do a stand up for Shark segment? We also have some <coughs> reviews uh, coming up. We also have some. Uh, some Motley Crue 
<laughs> Some more I, Vince Neal. We could save. We, we could save that. Well, we haven't done. We didn't do a philosophy last time. I don't think did we? That's true. We haven't done a philosophy. No, I don't think we did. Um, real fast though, because June is uh, quickly coming to an end. Uh, uh, my uh, once again, my friend. Are you there? I'm here. Yep. Okay. My friend, uh, uh, 80s gay icon, Harvey Firestein. <laughs> Hello, boys and girls. It's me, Harvey Firestein. Says June is Pride Month. I have one more. 1973. Homosexuality is no longer declared a mental illness. Jesus Christ, it took till 1973. After years of studies, analysis, and changing cultural attitudes, the American Psychiatric Association Board of Directors removed homosexuality from the official list of mental illnesses. <laughs> Known as the Diagnostic Manual of Mental Disorders, a move that was upheld by a vote of the association's membership. It only took till 1973 for a bunch of doctors to sign a piece of paper. This has been great moments in LGBTQ history. I am 80s gay icon Harvey Feierstein. I love you. Goodbye. Oh, and very nice <laughs> historical and everything. I love Excellent. it. Yeah, well, last time he told us about the Stonewall riots, and then um, unfortunately I forgot to call him the last two shows of June. Um, uh, but yeah, yikes! Tip till. By the way, do you know who owned the Stonewall Bar? Uh, Joe Gatto. It was the mafia. Oh, okay. And inadvertently, the mafia, even though they jacked up prices because they knew they had a trapped market, historians cite that the mob actually allowed gay culture to start thriving and getting stronger by having this place, which of course leads to the Stonewall riots and so much change. Huh. So the mafia inadvertently helped gay rights move forward in the United States. Well, I'm surprised they didn't try to jam that into the Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> or the offer, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, the offer. Yeah, exactly. Miles Teller, all of a sudden, Al Ruddy's like a big spokesman for gays. <laughs> I tell you what, we're gonna go to Stonewall. We're gonna go hang out at Stonewall. Listen, Linda, I'm gonna tell you, Linda. I think these guys were born that way. I don't think they can help it. You ever think about that? I'm trying to do Miles Teller from the offer. He's got like a rough. He sounds every scene yeah. sounds like he's been up for three days. And we got rough, and he talks slow, and he talks slow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Uh, so, yeah, let's see here. Uh, who wants to go? I don't care. Let's do a movie philosophy if you got it ready to go. Okay, I got it ready. <clears throat> All right. So, so today, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to discuss Hegel's theory of lordship and bondage, which is Oops. from the book. Now, now I knew a lot of girl. I knew a lot of. I used to have a lot of girlfriends would do those exercises. Is that what we're talking about? That's what I thought you meant too. Yeah, that's why. That's why I asked for clarification. I thought you when you said um, girlfriends, I thought you were going to get hit on the bondage part of lordship. Well, I was thinking is like, is that all tied together? They told me to do it. I should do it. It said it was good for my prostate. Prostate. There you go. There you go. I'm sorry. So, so. just for the audience who might have tuned in first time. I doubt that. Also, last time they, <laughs> they tuned out a while ago. This is a segment we do where Rob uh, breaks down a philosophy. Really, that's a medical show. <laughs> breaks down a philosophy, and he has a movie in mind attached to this philosophy. And then, after he breaks it down, Jeff and I are to guess uh, what movie would imperfectly encapsulate this philosophy. All right, go ahead. Rob. Okay. Keyword right, there so being after. After. <laughs> <laughs> so. 
Now, after when? After after. <laughs> Hegel is fascinated with how self-consciousness begins. Now, when we say that, we don't mean like I'm anxiety-ridden. I am conscious that I am a self, mm-hmm. right? That's what we mean. Okay. So he looks at history and he says, you know, like the Greeks, like Plato and them were way too worried about me as an individual. How do I develop as myself? And then he looks at, you know, like um, Rousseau and Hobbes and people like that. And he's like, yeah, they're way too interested in nature affecting people. The the noble savage kind of idea. Okay. But real quick, though, I I was a little let down by that movie, that Hobbes and Shaw movie. But go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I agree. I agree. Hobbes' philosophy was not carried through in that movie. But, so yes, um, nature savage. Okay. Now, so here is where Hegel picks up, and he says, "No, no, 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 no. Consciousness develops out of relationships between human beings. Everything comes huh. from that." And he says, "If we look at history, we see that there is a dynamic that happens over and over, and it is lordship versus bondage." I think I know and what the movie is. It can happen with institutions. It can happen within religions. It happens in politics. Happens everywhere. I think okay, I know so, the movie. But go ahead. So as he goes through this, he starts looking and he says, "Look, the, this relationship is twisted between the Lord and the bonded person because the Lord always sees himself as a Lord. That's all he can ever be. He cannot envision himself as anything else." Now, mm-hmm. the bonded person realizes I am bonded to this person. They control me. They control everything, and I live out my yes. life this way. And as I make products and as I do things, I create for them, and that gives me an identity. Okay, uh-huh. so Hegel says, quote, The truth of independent consciousness is accordingly the consciousness of the servant. Being a consciousness repressed within itself. It will enter into itself and change around into the real and true independence. Okay, so okay. quoting this great article I found by, I want to give credit because I don't want to be a plagiarist here. Uh, it's a writing prompt from a guy named J.D. Fellmeyer. Okay. okay, here's the quote. Ultimately, the Lord comes to realize his dependence upon the bonded for affirmation of his position as Lord. He discovers that he is in fact dependent upon the bonded for determining his place in the universe. The situation of recognized mutual dependence is what Hegel refers to as the double self-consciousness. Each individual is aware of what it is in itself and in relation to the other. Each self-consciousness knows the extent of its power and how its power measures up to that other. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the kicker that takes us to the movie. Oh. What happens... Friday Night Lights. Truth- <laughs> When the truth comes out that mm-hmm. it is the bonded person who is actually free Freer. Yeah. and actually can move on, whereas the Lord is trapped and actually is bonded. I think I know the movie. Pretty okay. sure. That's, I like that. There's, there's two movies that absolutely encapsulate this. Well, but first... I, I'll take either one. Well, the first one obviously is Foxy Brown, but <laughs> is what Foxy Brown? No, I'm just joking. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think it. I'm pretty sure it's Paul Thomas Anderson's The Master. It, it is it, the Master. Is one of I'm them. Shocked. So shocked. <laughs> no, I could, I, there's no way I could have blurted that out within like when Robbie read the title of what he was going to do. Well, here's the thing that's funny. I purposely used the actual literal German translation because in English, do you know what we call it? 
We don't call it the lordship and bondage. We call it the yeah, master-slave master master dialectic. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh. do you know what other movie gets credited with being uh, a, a, an even better example of this? Um, I had a few floating around in my head, but once the master popped in my head, I kind of forgot the other ones that I was debating on. Okay, uh, so think about it. We know the great ending of the movie um, where, what is it, um, when Philip Seymour Hoffman says, well, if you can live if you without can, a master, yeah. or if you can, you will be the first human being in all of history to do so. Whereas, So he realizes he's a slave needing Joaquin Phoenix to be his slave mm -hmm. so he can be a master. And yes. Joaquin Phoenix walks away and realizes I'm a slave. I can be, I'll be free in being a slave. The other mm -hmm. movie that everyone talks about doing this, even better because it's one individual, is Fight Club. Uh, the struggle between the nameless narrator and Tyler Durden. Okay, I can see that. I was thinking uh, 2001 for a moment was kind of rattled around in my oh, head. Man, I haven't seen that in so long. Wow, mm -hmm. let me think about that one. Um, but yeah, yeah I'm I trying was... to think of the the handful of movies that that literally end with you know this point, which is, but I'm free and you have to live with blah blah yes. blah blah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. I, that, none of the titles are popping in my head, but you can, no, but you can hear that dialogue. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and the thing about it is, and I Shark probably knows this. I don't know if you do Eastwood. The master-slave dialectic is one of the most important creations in philosophy because so much comes out of it. Mm -hmm. People use that mantra to move forward with all kinds of ideas. You know, like Marx plays with the master-slave dialectic in his own way and so on and so forth. So it's mm -hmm. just a big philosophical concept. Uh, what is that called now? I'm sorry. I, I, I just had a blank um, in, in, in movies now. So you used to have a master shot. Um, but we're okay. trying. We're, we're trying to. You know. You know about this. We're trying to not use the word no. ma master uh, anymore, and it's called something else now. It's not a master shot. It's a the Lord shot. <laughs> no, no. It's something very it's called uh, the money shot. clinical sounding. Like it's uh, ah shoot. I can't think what it is. I just uh, I was reading about it the other day, and I was like, oh, I didn't think about that. But apparently, uh, the, the the master master not 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 everybody loves that that term master yeah. of puppets <laughs> master. i get that though i mean it's the imagery master. the imagery associated with that word's pretty sure. obvious i get that yeah, yeah, yeah. I, do too. I get it yeah once i heard it it seemed very obvious to me um but but yeah yeah, yeah. um let's see we have uh boy we have about nine minutes. I'd say we have, what do you guys think? Do you want to do stand-up for shark, save reviews for next time, or do you want to do reviews and save stand-up for shark? You Let me know. I'm going to tell you, I love stand-up for shark. Yeah, I think I so. I love it. Well, I let's, love let's it so do it, much. And uh, we'll see what happens here. <laughs> Plus, my timer broke, so I have no idea what <laughs> time we have left. I have to go do some math. Well, I started real fast recording while Jeff about gets five ready. minutes before you, I think, mm -hmm. and... And I think if I look at this, um, I'm running at 54. 30, so we're at 50, around 50 minutes. Yeah, 54. We started at 50 minutes. We're about 40. I'll say we have, we have about 60 minutes, actually. All right. Okay. And if, like I said, if not, if we're on the radio and we have to go, sorry, we're on the podcast now. Uh, check us out there <laughs> if, you're, if you're a big fan. Just look up 020 and 1. All right. Uh, you ready, Shark? I am. All right. July. Take it away, buddy. Hey, everybody. Are you ready to laugh? Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the shark. Yay! 
Hey, hey, thank you folks. Thank you. It's good to be here. Uh, you know, I don't really like showing my ID to get into bars because I feel like you could tell that I'm not 20. Um, you know, there's easier ways than showing ID. I feel like if you just speak to me and I speak back, I think you get it. Hey, what's up? How's it going? I'm good. How are you? All right, come on in. Wait a second. Did you check his ID? No, I just spoke to him for two seconds. Saved everybody some time. I don't like showing my ID. ID, please. You want ID? How about you look in my eyes? Do I look like I have the soul of a 20-year-old at all? You see all this bitterness and shit in my eyes? ID, please. You want ID? How about look at my body? Do I look like I have the metabolism of a 20-year-old at all? I don't have a metabolism anymore. Everything just stays. Okay. So my new thing is that if somebody tells me my zipper's down, I tell him, let that shit go. <laughs> People yeah. love telling you your flies down without even knowing your position on zipper politics. Zipper <laughs> <laughs> politics. So yeah, my flies down. This is my new thing I'm doing. Stop looking at my dick first of all. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> my flies down. Yeah, you're looking at my dick though, which is worse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, my fly being down was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> People tell you your fly's down with the same energy as if they just saved you from getting hit by a bus. Hey, your fly's down. What are you going to do with the new, with your new lease on life, huh? <laughs> you going to talk about me in your memoirs? <laughs> Please, sir, your fly is. Yeah, my fly is. Cause, is my dick out? Because if my dick ain't out, I feel like you're over-exaggerating right now. <laughs> my, my fly's down because I'm not a conformist piece of shit like you. It's anarchy down here, and I'm living it up. What's up? That's my time. I'm out of here. Oh, my God. Taking a fly down into a, a good long bit. That's great. It's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's one of my, one of my favorite guys. Oh, I, I, any ideas? I have, I mean, I, yeah, it, I have no idea. It was good. I liked it. I'll, I, is it I'll that, give you, uh, is give it you that, a, is a small that, hint. Uh, is it that brown guy? I don't mean that by color. By the way. <laughs> I don't think you can say that anymore. It's <laughs> not what I mean. Oh, we've talked about yet that again. Cancel Eastwood again. I think so he went to this guy. Actually, went to SIU for a couple of semesters, and I think he's my brother, Chicago native. <laughs> Winter? Okay, Chicago wow. native Jeff Garland? Nope. Um, nope. That's a good guess. Uh, it wouldn't be Jim Belushi. Nope, nope, nope. Nope, this guy was actually funny. <laughs> Dane Cook. Nope, it is Mr. Mr. Hannibal Burris. Oh! Yeah. Man, he is funny as hell. Oh, he kills me every time yeah. I hear him. Yeah. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. His, no, uh, no, you you know, know, his bits on um, the, uh, the Eric Andre show yeah. are just oh, yeah. priceless. Yeah. <laughs> his reactions and things. Yeah. Not to mention, wow. you know, Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, he, he's real, the guy though. that, you know, that all that stuff kind of came came back from. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. That's true. He started doing the bits and everybody was like, hmm, maybe uh-huh. there's, you know. <laughs> Much like, uh, uh, um, do you guys know that, like, uh, Nickelback... Nobody ever really made fun of Nickelback. They were like a top ten uh, hit making machine. Like people this obviously. This is how you remind me. <laughs> people like. Really people liked them obviously. Like they had hits. Yeah. And they then were I huge. think it was Brian Pesane 
had a stand-up special on Comedy Central, and it aired like on a holiday weekend or something. And he has a whole like ten-minute bit about Nickelback and how much they suck. And I, it's a theory that like people watched that bit over the holiday weekend and then like shared it with their friends, like just talking about it. And like overnight, people went from Nickelback went from like a band that people like me were like, uh, whatever. If you like them, that's cool. I don't care for them. Went right. from that to Nickelback. Ugh. <laughs> exactly. The punchline yeah. of everything. Yeah. 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 It's weird. Uh, comedians uh, hold power. Hey, and by the way, well, uh, I, Mr. Bean and all you Tom Segura and all you idiot comedians who um, uh, cancel culture is out to get you. Hey, guys, it's always been cancel culture because if you're not funny, you're going to get canceled. that's that's it really it's always been cancel culture and it's always been what you say because what you say is your art form so shut the fuck up and stop whining about what you can't say and make what you can say funny i'm so sick of comedians talking about cancel mr bean came out today and said he's worried that cancel culture is ruining comedy mr bean whose entire idea of something funny is tripping over something and falling on his face yeah, Mr. Bean. I, you know, I would cancel you if I had the fucking choice because you're not funny. <laughs> the fact that you still get keep making movies proves to me that cancel culture is not canceling anybody because if anybody should have been canceled, it would be you, your untalented, not funny, stupid, mute piece of shit. Uh, and by the way, here's his quote. In a proper free society, you should be allowed to make jokes about absolutely anything. Every you can. You can. Every Make it. Do it. I beg you. You can. Nobody's stopping you, you stupid assholes. If you want to make right. jokes about anything, you can. But you have consequences to your actions, you fucking children. God damn okay, it. Hang on. I want to throw this out because this is perfect for what you're saying. Um, you, the movie, um, oh, get shorty. Okay. The, the the tall black actor in it that plays a mobster. I cannot think of his name. He's got a really cool name. Del Delray. No. You know who I'm talking about? Bald head. Been in all kinds of movies. Sam Jackson. <laughs> no, man. I knew that was coming. Um, hang on. I'm looking it up. No, this is, this is great. It goes, it goes straight to your point of what you're saying. Okay. Um, stars. Gene Hackman. Let's see all the stars here. I have it just a second. Thank you for internet. Delroy Delroy Lindo, Delroy uh, Lindo. I know that okay. name very much. So, but. so I saw him on a talk show. There's a clip that circulates of him on there, and there's these conservative. It's like Fox News, but it's not quite Fox News. It's something like that. Sure. And this white guy is on there talking about this shit, and he's like, you know, I mean, black people can use the N word all they want, but white people can't. And I don't know. And did oh, he yeah. Just he's and and he's goes, like, yeah, you can. Yeah, he's like, use it. You want to. Say it right now. You want to say it. Go ahead and say it. You can say it. And I mean, like, and his point is you can say it and you will have to live with the consequences. Yeah, right. that's all you it is, guys. You have right to say it. But there are consequences to the things that's, we say. That is life, you bunch of children. <laughs> if you do something, there are consequences to what you do. If you say something, there's consequences to yep. what you say. That's all really yep. life is. <laughs> if you, you, yeah. <laughs> it just amuses me that comedians have turned into such whiny little bitches about cancel culture. Like, make fun of it then. Do something with it. Don't right. just whine about right. how it's hindering you. Jesus, Lord. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Comedian. Like, hey, I'm thinking see. of um I'm thinking of a bit Bill Bar Bill Burr does a lot where he mm -hmm. talks about how he he admits there's white privilege. He admits uh -huh. white men have it. Uh -huh. But then he immediately starts making fun of how white women took it away from every minority group that existed. <laughs> yeah. And has made it like they're the super oppressed. Mm -hmm. And I'm just saying what I find interesting is, is how he wades into that conversation. Yeah. To well, make points. You know what I mean? Like Burr whether is, or not you uh, agree with him or whatever, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying he wades right into it and goes into it head first. Burr's whole thing when has it, always been like, I'm going to say something that sounds insanely inappropriate. And then I'm right. going to backpedal into why that is. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And uh, not, not he'll do he'll do something like not all soldiers are heroes, and everybody gasps. And then he's like, he's like, well, he's like, literally, there's a guy who's, you know, like whose job is to be in Kansas, you know, during this whole thing and fill out paperwork or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, literally, not everyone is, and he makes some, you know, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, no, exactly. But he finds a way to be funny, treading into the controversial. Sure, yeah. And I always thought that was what made great comedy. To yes. Me. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, like Blazing so Saddles. It, it's it it goes into everything that's tense and tight at that moment mm -hmm. and plays with it. Yeah, um, and people and, that... And I, I hate when people say, couldn't make that movie nowadays. Yeah, and I say, yeah, you right. could. You absolutely could. You could wade in those, in those waters and do it because what they don't understand about Blazing Saddles is it was making fun of those things. It's a fucking comedy. It was right. a satire. It was a parody. It was saying, look how stupid these, <laughs> this idea right. is. Look how ridiculous this is. Do you not see, uh, you, you know, like it, it uh, uh, yeah, but people's well, whole takeaway is I can't make a movie no. and say the N word. Hey, I made a movie. Right. I, the N word is said in my movie. I don't give a shit if people don't like it. It's in there for a very specific reason for the black character to say, like if you were had any brains when you watch it, you realize when he uses that word, it's very specific to a very specific other type of person. And it's a right. part of his character. I, Tarantino makes whatever he wants to. People give him shit and he doesn't care. He says, yeah, you don't like it. I, that's fine. I don't give a shit if you don't like it. I said, in Django, I said in Django Unchained the day it came out in a theater in Carbondale, and it was 70% black people in there. Mm -hmm. And I know that the N-word is used a ton of times in that a movie. Little, yeah, and I And I found myself very uncomfortable sure, hell yeah. with it. And then when I realized almost every black person in there was laughing at the way it was used, getting the point of it because they're mm -hmm. more sophisticated because they've had to deal with that bullshit. And mm -hmm. I realized, huh, they understand what's going on. Of course they do because they've had to deal with this <laughs> stupidity their whole life. Yeah. It's yeah. white people sitting there that are like, oh my God, can he say this? Should he say this? And it's like, it's not about you. Yeah. It's not about you. That's what <laughs> white people do not understand. They do not understand that gay people, black people, all that, all that shit that they they think's going to take over the country. It's not about you. It has nothing to do with you. No, just no. shut your mouth and <laughs> just go on with your life. It's not going to affect yep. you at all. Right. I, I don't understand right. the uh, uh, the we don't want we don't want anybody telling us what to do. But by God, we're going to tell you what to do with your body and everything exactly. else you do. It's just Thank the stupidest you. argument in the in the world. And we all know, yeah, we all know what team is making that argument. Hey, let's get to yeah. some reviews. We got a couple. Uh, <laughs>
All right, I don't know who this is. I, I'm not sure who this person is, so let's see. Okay. Um, here's to huffing raid and watching naked and afraid. Yeah, who is this? I don't know who this person is. You fellas ever watch that? These people stay in the wilderness with their twigs, berries, tacos, and tatas just hanging out there. <clears throat> it inspired me and Henry to give it a try, but the locals at Giant City didn't seem too pleased about the whole idea. <laughs> I don't think I knew where Jackie lived. I didn't I realize he was a local. Well, apparently he's been listening to us on the radio for a long time, so it makes sense. Well, I, I didn't know if he if, was streaming the, the later cast. So, okay. That's true. Okay. I, I assumed he lived within, I don't know, five blocks of the radio station. Well, you have to if you want to hear it. So, <laughs> so um, here's the Sorry. smoking bad salts and banging tight faults. Ooh, what? Fault lines, that is. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I'm into banging fault lines and other earth crevasses I see. Am I right, boys? I don't know. <laughs> you can't get any closer to nature than that. Talk about laying pipelines. <laughs> oh, no. I know, I know you boys get that feeling sometimes, right, no, boys? No. I know we're like-minded. You no. get me. No. Here's to my nose being in bungholes and burning down the jungles. <laughs> Am I right, boys? <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Jackie. Here's to going number two in your pants and going number three on fire ants. <laughs> Am I right, boys? Do you know what number three is? Uh, I can explain it if you need me to. Oh, no. Am I right, boys? I know. You know I am like number three on hand. (laughs) (laughs) Keep up the pride, boys. Glad your team Jackie. Oh, no. Oh, no. I got exclamation points and dollar signs. Nine stars. Jackie, am I right, Johnson? Part of that sounded like an old review. Some of those were some old cliches that he used to fall back on, like... I was going to yeah. say that, yeah, that uh, I can explain it. <laughs> nope, nope, you've done that. <laughs> Holy crap. All right, well, that was, that was a good one. Uh, <laughs> Jackie coming in hot. Yes, uh, Shark, you got, a, uh, you got something there yeah, for Yeah, I got one here. So my wife and I were cruising in my Dodge Prowler, and the cruising AC went out. Six foe. Oh, sorry, go ahead. And the AC went out. I gotta oh, no. say, I gotta, I gotta say, for the newer listeners, we used to be a yeah. show called Chillin' with Bob Dylan, <laughs> and we used to get reviews mixed up with a place called what is it? Dylan's Chillin' and Air uh, Repair, and we would, yeah. we would get their reviews. Sometimes we get classic reviews. It sounds like this is a classic review. So, <laughs> go ahead, Shark. Try to make cut you off. So it, it just so happens that I saw a van in the Big Lots parking lot. The van said, Dylan's chilling and air repair. There it is. <laughs> so I thought it was worth a shot. He's gone no, mobile. Wrong, wrong don't, yeah, don't. option. <laughs> Dylan is not a good guy. Nothing ever goes well when he's around. I knocked on the van door. Hmm? Hmm. I knew someone was in it because Jay Giles' band's Angel is a Centerfold was blasting on the radio. <laughs> Shit, that could have been me. <laughs> I was waiting for the if the house is a rock and don't bother knocking. <laughs> I was about to give up when the back door burst open. A greased up man wearing catcher's pads jumped out and yelled, Hey, where, hey there, no tits. What the hell do you want? Oh, hey there. Such a, hey there, no tits. He comes out with catcher's wits. He's greased up and says, Hey, no tits. 
what the hell want? do you want? Okay. <laughs> so I explained that my Prowler's AC went out. He told me, you must have shit for a dick if you think I'm going near that boner killer. <laughs> Classic. Classic Dylan. <laughs> so I decided to leave, and he said, hey, mushroom print face, Jay Giles band sucks ass. Don't you forget it. <laughs> so why is he listening why to is it? Why is he listening to it, apparently? Oh, it boy. was at this time a parade of cats broke loose from his van, and they had oh, tiny no. outfits and elaborate haircuts. <laughs> His cat fetish continues. <laughs> he panicked and chased them around the Big Lots parking lot. We split the scene. Can't say anything about the service. I'm kind of glad. Two stars and Guy Phelps. <laughs> uh, we are definitely... I the cats. We... <laughs> <We're... coughs> we are definitely out of time for the radio show but uh maybe we'll keep going for the podcast see you later everybody uh stay cool come see me this friday 20 what is it fifth fourth whatever jack russell benton see you later everybody Peace. oh man i think you got an old i think you got a classic one rob if you want yeah, to do that i think it was okay, uh, okay. if you want to do that yeah, one for the end for the podcast and we'll get out of here all right, all right. <clears throat> here we go, here we go. I, missed, I, missed, I made a I comment made about, about we haven't heard, we haven't from, heard this from this fan, fan. yes uh, which I, I, use I try not to uh, i try not to read the reviews but uh it looked like maybe this was a uh a somewhat new review but maybe some copy and paste was going on okay okay <laughs> So let's see. Is he getting lazy? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> I think maybe he's just repeating his shows. I think is what oh, might be okay. happening. He's ran okay. out of. He's been doing this for he's four years, you know. It's been, it's been a while. <laughs> so, um, well, well, well. Uh, for any of you who've never heard this before, his <laughs> reviews usually start with this. So, yes, well, it's not mu- well, it's, well. It's not Muddy Waters. It's a guy named Billy Bodine <laughs> who is a, a shock jock DJ who just hates us for some reason. <laughs> Man, he hates us. So, I guess you podcasters think you're really hot shit, huh? No. Ever since your show went nationwide, Billy, you need to catch up. We're worldwide. Yeah, I was going to say, worldwide, Billy. Um, I've heard you've gotten worse and worse. I turned in a couple weeks ago, and it sounded like a monkey was torturing a gerbil with an old corkscrew. Uh oh. <laughs> so he's referring to the infamous um, squeak that we can't find. Yeah. The lost. I thought, the I lost. thought that maybe you guys had cleaned up your act, but I should have known you losers couldn't pull it off. <laughs> I tried to help in the past, but Good. you two cent jerks just wouldn't listen. Two cent. Oh. I've worked on monumental shows. Here we go. <laughs> shows like Hound Dog and Dirty Dick's Butt Sniffing Sunday Drives. <laughs> Stinky Steve and One Ball Larry straight up dick talk. We put real work and craft into our shows. Real think pieces like Under the Glass Ceiling and Loving It with Keep Em in the Kitchen Charlie and Breed Em Billy. Below the, board, below the Border with Three Inch Eddie and Half Hard Jose. Wow, 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 wow. These shows stood for something. They did. We worked our craft with precision and pride, not like you punks. Nice alliteration. <laughs> I worked with legends, great men like Randy the Cockroach, Ratface Frenchie, and Dildo Danny. <laughs> I guess you class holes don't get it. 
I worked on world-class shows. Is that a dig at us there? Um, <laughs> I like, think so. It's all a dig. Like, my wife is a dirty, dirty whore with Charlie the Cheater <laughs> and Slut Butt Sally. <laughs> wow. Shows like... If there's grass on the field with Dirty oh, Dan and Underage no. Eddie. Underage wow. Eddie, that guy. <laughs> yeah. I know. I can't believe they allowed him on. He went to prison eventually. He did. You class holes just keep posting garbage and think the world cares. He is taking He knows we're worldwide. Wouldn't admit it, but now he's making world statements. Yep. Yep. If, if you want a loyal following like me, you got to earn it, boys. You're not fit to carry the bedpan of people I've worked with. <laughs> Men Yikes. and women like shit brains Buford. I have maggots where my dick should be buried. <laughs> I don't know this guy. Did you hear that? I have I maggots where my dick should be buried. <laughs> Old shoeless, toeless Tom and diabetes Dave. The man with one knee. You, you would crumble. Under the pressure of the popularity of the shows I worked on. Now, wait a minute. Was the diabetes guy also, <laughs> was that his, like, secondary name? Was the man with one yes. knee? Or it's is he diabetes separate? Diabetes Dave. No, no, no. It's Diabetes Dave, the yeah. man with one knee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's one, that's one person. That's one guy. I'm sorry. Okay. I, was, I had to clarify. I was trying to keep a straight face, and I had a, 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 <laughs> an unnecessary pause. <laughs> um, okay. You would crumble under the pressure of the popularity of the shows I worked on. Probably. Shows like Moonlight Meat Curtains with Debbie oh. and the Deuce. Shows like Exit Only My Ass with Anal Eddie. <laughs> I Got Used Corn in My Teeth, Todd. Oh, and, of God. course, my dear, dear friend, oh. the long-departed Shit, Shit Breath, Breath Jones. Jones. <laughs> Have fun sucking it up with your mediocre media class holes. <laughs> One star... Billy Bodine. Oh, wow. That was a <laughs> man. This rating. <laughs> wow. I mean, like, he really, really doesn't like us. <laughs> that was rough. I think he found out about our one listener in uh, Mother Ru- Russia. In Russia. And, <laughs> is now, and is now taking offense that we are, in fact, a worldwide yes. phenomenon. I. I have to think that our one Russian spy out there is so confused. (laughs) 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 I've never understood. I'm sorry. They're still listening. Crazy Americans. (laughs) In America, you listen to podcasts. In Russia, podcasts listen to you. What a country. Da, da, da. Yeah, Shark, you should do a stand-up for Shark one time, and it's just obviously uh, yak off. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Oh, my God, yes. Yes. <laughs> you tell us, don't guess until it's total, until I'm totally dead. <laughs> hey, you hey. know what? By the way, speaking of the stand-up for Shark, um, that Rodney Dangerfield clip I sent you guys oh, yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah. What I loved is, besides the fact that I love Rodney, I love that he does those jokes he waits for the audience to say like, right, "How right. bad is <laughs> yeah. she?" Like he yeah. looks right. at him like, <laughs> yeah. "I'm not gonna like, say shit till you follow the rules." <laughs> yeah, you guys know how to do this. Play along. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I'm sorry, but I love that. Oh man, uh, 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 we're yeah, we're off radio. Uh, Bob Saget tells a great story about he was going up to meet Rodney. He had a he was supposed to you know pre-planned it whatever. 
he gets up to his apartment and uh, Rodney opens the door. He said Rodney always opened the door with his robe and his junk hanging out. In his later years, he was always smoking the joint. Uh, and he was like, hey, hey, what's, what are you doing here? And uh, Zach was like, you told me to come over. You wanted to go whatever, do whatever. And he's like, hey, hey, uh, hey, I'm sorry. I tell you what, uh, Ron Jeremy's coming up here. We're going to fuck a couple broads. You want to stick around? <laughs> <laughs> And Zach is like, no, I don't want to stick around for that. He's like, all right, we'll just come back later, kid. I'll see you then, huh? They <laughs> <laughs> pushed him out. He also told a great story about, that might have not been him. It's a great Rodney story. Can you story. imagine that, though? It's like, yeah, just my luck. The only orgy I get invited to involves Rodney Dangerfield and Ron Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> No. And Rod Jeremy later in his life when he's the hedgehog. Yeah, <laughs> no. no. He's, he's one of those guys. He never looked young. He never looked okay. No. No. no, no. Uh, there's a gr- great He's like Rodney Ernest story. Borgnine at 23. He's playing grandpa, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I can't think who it was. It's a, a comedian. It might have been Saga. I can't remember. But these comedians were on tour with Rodney. And somehow or another, Miles Davis was involved. And oh, wow. they asked if he could get weed for miles davis and he told them tell miles davis to go fuck himself i'm not the uh whatever i'm not the local (laughs) blah 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 anyway these comedians come up to rodney's room they're like uh rodney rodney you know you got any grass we need to we need to unwind blah 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 and rodney said yeah yeah sure here you go here you go and he gave him a (laughs) he gave him a giant bag they were like it felt like a you know, a half ounce of weed. We were like, holy shit, Rodney. He's like, yeah, yeah, get out of here. Go take that and get out. How to have some fun. And they said they got back to the room and they opened the bag and it was nothing but stems and seeds. (laughs) (laughs) He literally kept it for just in case somebody asked him for some weed. (laughs) Oh my God, Um, it was great. I would say we go ahead and read OG's uh, review. But uh, I don't know. You have what you guys got an extra three minutes or not? Yeah, oh, I sure. Got three minutes. Sure. Go ahead. All right, Shark. You want to go ahead and read it? And we'll get out of here. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, this ought to be uh, good. Well, how how will I be eviscerated this time? <laughs> okay, let's hear it. All right. Let's see here. Let me get back to it. Sorry about that, fellas. No, no, that's all right. I, I sprung it. it takes on a little while to scroll. All mm-hmm. right. There we go. Well, since you boys had no fucking clue about the lords of jam bands and what the heck I've been doing. <laughs> I'm going to fuck you up with some some truth on my travels. Oh, no. oh my God, that's a Kitty Powers reference. I love it. <laughs> it was a hot, muggy June night in Maryland. Heights, that is. <laughs> Wait, is this getting ready to go hard-boiled detective fish <laughs> Just west of the most dangerous city in the United States of AI. Oh, no. It, sorry. Just west of the most dangerous city in the U.S. of A., I went to the hottest bluegrass player that is touring nowadays. That's right. I went to Billy motherfucking strings. Oh, brought the boy with me. He's not much into the bluegrass scene, but he was amazed just as I was. (laughs) I know Joe isn't much of a fan of Pearl Jam, but let me tell you, he covered crown of thorns by mother love bone. Still a better, (laughs) still a better band than Pearl Jam. (laughs) Just a damn shame. Andy passed away. If he hadn't, we wouldn't have that marble mumbling singer. (laughs) 
I saw a meme the other day, Robbie, I almost sent to you, and it was like, you know, people complain about mumble rap and then turn up Pearl Jam, and it's like, ooh, seems a little over harsh. <laughs> <laughs> but then I thought Adam Sandler and Opera Man, it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anywho, I'm off track, both of us. Uh, this guy seriously brought the house down. I was definitely dancing a jig, and the boy was in step. If it weren't so hot, and I, it would have been a perfect night. <clears throat> I have to recommend you all see this guy in his prime, and not like you slag sing Prine and his how do you say Twilight years. Oh, oh, oh. Shit, we weren't oh, no. alive when Prine was, was a young no. guy. Real quick, I must inter- intervene. I'm not a fan of Billy Strings. I've watched his videos. I don't get it. I'm, I don't know. Maybe I'm a little... Uh, oh, I, I get it. I'm not, I'm not like down the rabbit hole like, like some folks are. And if you are, that's mm-hmm. totally fine. Um, whatever your thing is, is your thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I get, I get where you're coming from. It's kind of like, like Bonamassa, you know, it's like, is wait, he great? Wait. Sure. He's phenomenal. Um, now, is it, is it the stuff again? I want to listen to all the time? His name's Billy yeah. Strings. He's a guitar player. Oh, um, I thought he was talking about Earl Scruggs. Oh, oh no. 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 Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and, um, and, and Robbie, uh, he's phenomenal. He's today's Tony Rice. I mean, he's, you know, guitar playing wise. Yeah, the guy's amazing. And right. he's good. I, uh, yeah, I don't even think he's that amazing of a guitar player. But um, well, I, I mean, I, you know, I love guitarists, but like when people talk about him, they talk about um, Ingve Malmsteen or whatever. I can't yeah. listen to a fucking note he plays. Is he an amazing guitarist? Well, sure. he's better than I that. Just don't, I don't he's, get he's, it. He's, def- <laughs> he's definitely better than that. He's listenable. He's he's at least you know doing real songs. Um, uh, but yeah, not not to knock him. Uh, I just don't. I've hell, my uh, director of uh, cinematography, director of photography, uh, shot several of his videos uh, that you can oh, watch. Cool. Um, so like you know, I'm not knocking the guy. I'm glad he's out there doing a thing. But uh, I don't know. The YouTube tried to push him on me for so long, and I would watch it and I'd be like, yeah, I get it. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm glad maybe live. That's, that's probably the thing. Maybe live. He's a totally different uh, beast. I hope. Um, sounds like it. Sorry oh, to interrupt. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, we only had three minutes. Go ahead. <laughs> I I do have to say though, there were a few folks there. I believe the jargon for these said people are wooks. Hmm. <laughs> wooks. W o o k s. Okay. Wooks. Maybe wokes. I'm not sure. Wooks. Yeah. But you'd think there'd be an e in that. I don't know. Anyway. Man, they looked like a bag of smashed assholes and smelled like it, too. (laughs) (laughs) OG goes for the throat. After the show, we got home, and since I newly discovered the boy had sexual education course, we've been binge-watching the boys. (laughs) I have to tell you, I haven't laughed so hard when my son realized how horrible uh, the world and superheroes can be. No, he's just walking around calling people cunts. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, same. It's great. God, good bless America. I'm glad that you have steel dick on the case of the squeaky sound. He has helped me out in more ways than one. Uh-oh. You boys stay safe out there in the streets. Streets. Love you, Joe and Teddy. Take care, other guy. Five stars, OG. Well, you got to take what, care. What's the That's last part good. after take me? Uh, take care. Just five stars. Take care, other guy. <laughs> oh, okay. So I've moved up from That's not bad. complete hatred to just acknowledging me. I'm, yeah, I you say like take I'm, care. Yeah. That's better than yeah. that. Yeah. He's just yeah. been to a show. He's playing in a good mood. You know, he's been to a show That's watching true. the boys. That's true. You know, he's I had mean, fun, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think he's realized I'm not worth his time to even worry about. So, yeah. I mean, like, you know, that's a smart move. That uh, is a that is a fun <laughs> thing, though, he points out, that realization. One of your kids looks at you and he's like, hey, the world's not fair and everything's pretty fucked up and it doesn't seem like we can win. And you're like, 
that, there you go. You, everything you need to know, you now Aww, know. You're having a Gen X moment. I will say, uh, the boys is starting to enter uh, Game of Thrones territory for me, where I, I'm and, almost nervous to watch it sometimes, where I'm like, oh, do I really want to watch tonight? Like, what's going to happen this time? Um, I keep which is, hearing that something is coming that we're all going to be fucking shocked about. Mm, boy, yeah. Has this, anyone heard about this? No, I haven't. I try not to read too much about about it if I can. No, it's just like it's one of those things that anytime a headline pops up and I try to scroll past it, this same word is used over and over for something coming. I'm I know like, oh, that shit. there's, I know that yeah, there's that, a hero gasm. I know that they, that's a right. big that's moment what I in the comics. Say, a hero right. gasm is coming, or whatever that is, right. hero orgy or something. So, well, we'll see you next time, everybody. Thanks for listening. We love you, and uh, yeah, we'll be in yours next time. Adios.